Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into another edition of the Sox on Tap podcast. It's Tony Marchese alongside NWI Steve. We've got a special guest today, Ray the Barber. Ray, thanks for joining us. Thank you for How having me. How are you all doing, man? Thank you for having me. Ray, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on here. I got to ask this question for you right out of the shoot, though. I'm ready. You're a U.S. Army veteran. First of all, thank you for your service. No problem. But my question is this. Is that where you learn the patience and tolerance necessary to put up with Justin's bullshit every day? Yes. Absolutely. That is absolutely where I learned patience. That is absolutely where I learned, like, how to take personalities and meld them into a conversation where we could be constructive and to deal with my nephew, Justin Lee. Uh, Shout out to Justin. I love you. Um, but yeah, he's a handful, but he's to, to, to be honest out of my scumbag crew, um, the scumbags is like, so I'll tell you guys about that. Um, if y'all allow me to tell you guys about that. So, so, you know, a couple years ago during the 2022 season, I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I want to talk baseball. Um, I want to talk baseball a lot. I'm watching a lot of baseball. Let me just start a space and see if anybody will join send out whatever while the game is going. My idea was can't go to the park. You know, let's just talk baseball. Like we are at the stadium in the spaces on Twitter. And all of a sudden it just caught fire. I mean, it was just like, wow, every day we're, we're watching white Sox baseball and we're talking and I'm meeting all these different baseball minds and we're just melding and talking baseball, like pure baseball. I learned so much about, advanced stats and salary cap and freaking service time and i mean just just two years ago i I knew stuff but i didn't know it like i know it now because of the spaces and you know and then so there became a group of guys that were the everyday guys and like like the sweat hogs from you know welcome back cotter or the guys at cheers who came into the bar all the time and so those are like the everyday guys they became the scumbags. Like they, it was just like because every day it would be Drake calling somebody you fucking scumbag, and then it would be this guy you're a fucking scumbag, and then everybody was like, no, we're all fucking scumbags, and it became a thing. So that's the that's the crew, and Justin is a part of that, but he's not the worst. He is not the worst. I promise you, he's not the worst. We we have some characters in there, and it takes a lot of patience, Tony and Steve, to 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 kind of like corral them. It's like herding cats. <laughs> I know just from my interactions that I have the fortune of dealing with Justin on a handful. That's a bit of an understatement right there, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a character, but his baseball acumen is fucking sky high. Like really like the guy can bring up fucking stats and people from fucking sixties and know them off the top of his head. He's like a savant in that. So, so he just likes to troll. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he's trolling. I, th- I think that he just he he does like to troll. He does, but I'm saying like when you want to talk baseball, like pure baseball, there's no one better. Like he knows his shit. Like he could just pull it. He's like a he's like a savant with it. Like he knows these numbers. Like he could tell you right now, Nomar Garcia Parra's fucking 2000 fucking five season off the top of his head. You know what I mean? Or he could pull up fucking um, you know Matt Chapman four years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it could be anybody and he'll pull it out of his brain and it'd be right. It's crazy. Steve's getting uncomfortable because you're talking, you're, you're talking him up so much. I can see him over there. Just like, what are you talking yeah, about? Well, because, because, because I love the guy, but you know, him and Steve have this, they have this fucking 
rock 'em sock 'em robot thing going all the time on the internet. Like you've got that with like eight different people. <laughs> whoa, you know? whoa, 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 whoa. Listen here, Anthony. I am a man of the people. Okay. Yeah. I I never I, I'm not the type of person to go and poke at people and prod at them like that. That is not part of my character. Certainly mm-hmm. not. Yeah. No, no. He 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 could he will push you. Justin will push you. He pushes me a lot to the point where I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you know, like that's but but once again, like he he became family. Um, and a lot of them, I mean, they're all my family. So, but your question, when you ask that question, how do I do it? I think thankfully the army taught me leadership qualities and how to like like I've dealt with people from all over the country, all over the world, and had to lead them into war and battle and the field and whatever I was doing. I was a leader. So it's it's kind of tough, especially like when you're dealing with Chicago people. Like we're just the worst. Like Northwest Indiana, Chicago people are just the fucking worst because we're just better than everybody and we know it. You know what I mean? Fair enough. <laughs> like for real. I mean, except for except for like, you know, um some guys who are Cubs fans and those guys suck, but yeah, yeah. well, you can't always pick the right team to root for. Can't. You know, it's like I try to give my guy Greg Braggs a, a chance to be a really good stand-up guy and say that he's a Sox fan, but he won't do it because for some reason he just gave us allegiance to the Cubs, even though he was born a Sox fan. Who knows? That's, you know? I'm, I'm sad to hear that. Oh, yeah. I, I, if you ever talk to him, just ask him about it. He'll tell you. You know, hmm. he, he's been to more Sox games than he has Cubs games in his life. I promise you that. I think there's somebody at uh, ONTAP Sportsnet that also claims to be a Cubs fan, but seems to show up to uh, the Southside ballpark. A lot of Southside ballpark attendance, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, what, Steve knows who I'm talking about. I I do, but it's you know it's always fascinating that those people are always the ones that are very quick to say that how much they don't care mm-hmm. about the Sox, and they're also very quick to like make an attendance joke when it's like a Tuesday night game against Kansas city and it's 42 degrees out and the Sox are 15 games below 500 and you know, but they don't care. That's what they always say. But hey, there, hi, he is. there he is. Hi, Ron. Up, Ron? Yeah, they're, they're uh hi Ron. How you doing? I don't know who Ron is, but I guess you guys know who that is. Um, But look at this Gonzo. Um, He's a, he's a scumbag too. He's a piece of crap. I hate him, but I love him to death. Um, but like the 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 Cubs fans that talk about attendance, they they crack me up because like like they're they're constantly at our ballpark. We're never at their ballpark. Mm, I know. I don't know about that. Matt Crawford's always. Oh uh, no, no, listen, I'm not going to let what? you. What? You're not going to get Matt Crawford like that. I am not. Gonna Matt Crawford's always at the fucking at the fucking. Ivy League fucking park or whatever. Anthony, oh. I am not going to let you be smirched. The good name of a I, family man. I heard. I like heard Matt some things Crawford. though. I heard some things. I saw erroneous. some things. Erroneous. Hmm. What? I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta get to the bottom of this one. Tony, you just laid something on me. I'm sorry. Man, you Matt, gotta go do an investigation. Matt, Matt. it's fake not, news, Ray. Don't don't believe the hype. I have to ask Matt. I know he's he's. There we're, he gonna, is. we're gonna go outside and and figure this out. <laughs> oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah. I didn't even know he was in here. Yeah, so, man, just popped in. You called. You called his name. He came. Yeah. Like this is crazy. Absolute slander. They can. They can hear us. Crawford from one family us. man to another. In the honor of our head coach Matt Nagy, I will defend you till the end. 
I'm telling you, I I just was blown away by this. Like Tony says, he spends a lot of time in the north side. I just can't that's what I heard. This is this is stuff that's I, on the internet. It's not confirmed. You know, a lot of people are saying that when you spend a lot of time on the north side, things change in your life. That's what the people yeah. are saying. You know? I've seen, I've, I've heard that Berkland spends some time up there. Matthew Berkland, he's up at Wrigley Field all the time. There's a couple other ones out there too. Got to be careful. I'm wow. proud to say I've only been in that shithole one time, and that was in Same 2010. Here. And I saw the White Sox beat the living fucking shit out of those bastards. I haven't been in that shithole since 90, 99. And I will never go back in there again. I heard they've done some great renovations or something, you know. I, I had the I had the joy of spending a corporate event in a suite at Wrigley the last game of the 2015 season. I lasted about five innings before I got the hell out of there. It was like <laughs> the worst experience of my life. Was this, it? This might yeah, shock you terrible. that the game that I actually went to, I was on the cusp of getting involved in an altercation with someone wearing a Minnesota Twins hat. Mm-hmm. Did, did they? Did they? Um, did they? Did they not sell Budweiser there? They do sell Budweiser at the uh, at the Wrigley Field, the oh, friendly okay. confines. But oh, okay. um, I didn't know they, they don't, they don't there do was that. There was a beer they didn't in there for a time. I forget what beer it was. I heard I heard about some crazy stuff about they don't sell a certain type of beer. No Miller, no Miller products. Miller, there it is. There's what it was. Yeah, I, no I, Miller products on the north side. Yeah, I thought it was a, <clears> a Budweiser thing, but anyway, you know. But I'm I'm happy, man. I'm glad y'all brought me on. I'm glad, you know. But like I said, the spaces are just like kind of where I got my foothold into the White Sox fandom. And I'm just so happy. Like you guys have been in there. Um, and you know, it, it's gotten up to like 60, 70 people during a game. And it, it really, it really becomes a really authentic baseball talk. Like when you can talk about OPS plus and WRC plus and you know how to rank players and and then you start talking about prospects and you know GM talk. It's just it's so much. I love baseball because of that. Like base, like for me, football is like, eh, it's Sunday. Let's go watch some football. It's the middle of the week. Let's check the injury report. And there's really not much more to talk about. You know, and, and basketball is like, oh, when the Bulls are playing or whoever. Ah, did they win? No, whatever. But baseball is every day. It's every day. And you're checking that lineup every day. You're looking at matchups. You're looking at pitching matchups. You're looking at you know like just like how they're stacking their roster compared to how we have our roster, and so on and so. It's just so much you can do. Do we have to talk about the White Sox roster? I guess we have. I thought to. that was off the table for the day. I guess we have to. I mean, I guess we have to talk about. We'll get into it in a minute, but yeah, I just uh, uh, man, yeah. I mean, it's painful, Ray. It's painful. I mean, you know. I mean, Luis Robert, he did hit three eighty. Or some shit like that, I guess. I mean, no, three fifty something, right? And with like thirty eight home runs. I, what was his numbers last year? I he guess did, he, he did drop the thirty eight bombs. That he is dropped the thirty eight bombs, but I think he struck out like one hundred and seventy five times with with seventy percent of the pitchers in the zone, which is <laughs> just. You know, Luis Roberts always going to have that swing and miss component was, in in his game. I mean, oh, that's just. Um, that's just kind of part like of he, the Luis Robert experience. He was the most aggressive hitter on our team. He's and he didn't most of his pitches were in the zone and he missed a lot of them. A lot. Yeah, as Steve said, there's still gonna be some swing and miss there. I mean, he's not uh he's he's not bad. 
Right, he's not bad. <laughs> he's not bad. No, he's not bad. No, he was a was he? Well, he got some MVP vote MVP votes yeah. last year. So I mean, yeah. you know, he's not bad. Yeah, I mean, he's not. I always bad. I always tell people I I look at he's not Oscar Colas or nothing. I, I look at oh god, <laughs> that's that's. I I always look at Luis Robert Jr. similar to how I thought about Tim Anderson when he was at his peak and that, you know, a lot of people would kind of get on Tim because of the low walk rate. But, you know, if you actually look at things, Tim was at his best and Robert is really at his best when he's working himself and getting himself into hitters counts to look dead red on fastballs, Mm -hmm. turn and burn, pull side power and drive and drive the baseball. You know, if you try to take away that aggressiveness and you try to get him focusing more on taking those four pitches out of the strike zone and, and drawing the walks, I think that's when the negative results are going to come in. So get yourself into those positive accounts to do damage on the baseball. And I think Robert is one of those guys that is just like that. That walk rate's never going to be a 10% clip over 162 game season. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. No, and I and I agree with you on that. I think that like last year, what you did see him do was try. He finally figured out like if he doesn't open up early, he can stay back, and that's where the bombs came in. That like a lot of the, the years years past, he would open up early, and he'll be super early on those breaking balls, and like he that's when you saw those crazy sweeps. He still had it happen last year, but not as often. And when he was on time, you know, you saw what happened. You know, he crushed it. You know. But he would—he really didn't get no help. But we, you know, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna say that I expect the same season from here. I, I really think that you know he needs to bring some of that down to get on base more, and then let's get some Eloy going, and you know, hopefully, no, you know, I'm even gonna say Makata. I'm not, not <laughs> gonna do it. We could we could spend an hour talking about Johan Moncada, Ray. I think that's. <laughs> I think an hour? Think yeah, you, can, you think we can take an hour to talk Yoan Mankata? I think we could do like three oh hours on Yoan Mankata. The, the internet would explode. The internet would explode if you if you was to take and start from the fact that we were absolutely fleeced by the fucking Boston Red Sox because they knew the whole time the work ethic, the the or lack thereof, the focus or lack thereof or whatever. <laughs> for for Yoan and they saw wait a minute Rafael Devers is a fucking monster this guy is really that dude so yeah but he's not really the number one prospect for us he's number four you Yoan's got people boy. cautioning you Ray I see it and and not for nothing I know Matt very well Matt is a is a Yoan Makata guy uh and you know, for good for good reason, because I, I am a Yoan Mankata guy to like a certain extent. He's lost I lost a lot of faith in him over the last couple of years. A lot. A lot of faith on Yoan Mankata. Only because it's like when you watched him come up that first year, was it 2020 or 19? 19 came up, right? Um, he came up, it was the second half of 17. 17? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. Because we had 18, we had badass 19 fucking yeah. Mankata, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's why that's what he got paid. <laughs> right, and and badass 19 Mankata, and then, you know, 20 was, you know, COVID, and then we haven't seen that again. And so, like, it's like, what happened? What happened to this guy? What happened to this talented guy we watched in 19, like, who just pitchers were afraid of, and he would he would just he he would stand stout in the box and not move and and wait for his shit and crush it 
we didn't see that no more. Like, I don't know what happened. I mean, you know, so he was, he, he was, uh, you know, at the end of the year, he was, he was starting to starting to kind of look like himself again. And he reported early, which is. He reports to spring training early every year. Does he? I don't know if anybody's this early though. I don't know if anybody's really paid attention to this, but like every February, it feels like for the past four or five years, he's like the first one to have the Instagram post. He's working hard. He's out there. He's well, in the if, best shape of his life. Well, if well, if he if that's the case, because I don't can't remember if he did it last year or the year before that, but I saw it this year. But if that's the case, what you're saying, Tony, he's fucking Fugazi again. His motherfucker, man. God damn. Like really, you're gonna you're gonna like be be care be careful, Bray. You'll get accused of anti-Italian discrimination if you throw oh, that term out there. Hey. Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't want to do that. But but at the same time, like you know, we just have um, I I mean, Makata has so much talent. He has so much talent. Like he's he's easily when he when he is on, he's easily a top five third baseman defensively in the game, easily. Just say what you really want to say about Yohan Moncada, Ray. He's fucking lazy. There it is. That's 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 what we wanted to hear. He's lazy. He's lazy and he's unfocused. He's too busy fucking running over here to fucking EC to chase tail and fucking, you know, you know, running around trying Don't to Don't forget the Hooters in Maryville. Hooters in Maryville. Just he's just all the way just over here just doing whatever the fuck and it's like, like, how much pussy can you get, bro? Like, like, come on. Like, focus in. Let's get these fucking runs batted in. Let's get your batting average back up to 280. Let's just let's just do, like, what you're supposed to be doing. Getting paid what you're getting paid, Yoan. You know what I mean? Like, he's super talented. Yes, Gonzo, he's dumb talented. He's dumb talented. It's just like... You know, you don't get the number one overall prospect in baseball rating by accident. No, you don't. You don't. I, I just. It's unfortunate where we're at. And I told you we could do a whole hour on this. I we think could. We did about five minutes on it. But he's. Tony, can I ask you a question? Sure. Tony, can I ask you a question? OK, so here's my question. So when you when you have a prospect coming up, right, and you got you got baseball America. You've got prospects 1,500. You've got pretty much every major prospect ranking guy saying that this guy is a five-tool talent, right? Mm -hmm. And then this guy shows you he does have five tools. Why does this guy fall off the map? Why does that? Why does a guy that has those tools fall off the map? It's just I don't I don't it's understand. It. Between the years, I mean, this is something I have written about. I think two or three times now, but I mean, Jeff Passan labeled him a phenom before he had stepped foot on a major league baseball diamond. And he's widely respected as one of the best in the business when it comes to baseball reporting. I mean, this, you had articles written about him before he defected um, scouting reports that were out there that he is going to be a, an absolute superstar. And when he got here, there, there's all sorts of different things that are out there on the internet. And if you dig far enough, you can find them, but it's just been quite the story since he got here with all different sorts of legal battles, 
stuff that's out there about, you know, the what you just mentioned, the Northwest Indiana stuff. There it when you say the Boston Red Sox knew what Johan Moncada was before they traded him, they they did. I I, I fully believe that. I mean that the evidence is all right there. I don't know what, what you feel about it, Steve, but you and I had this talk on the way to Iowa to feel the dreams. We and did. yeah, I mean it's it's sad because all the talent in the world is there. And my belief is he's not a bad baseball player because he can go out there and give 20 fucking percent and still be better than most guys. The sad part is when you don't get a hundred percent and maybe there's long COVID involved. I see some of that in the comments as well, but the expectations for Yoan Moncada as a number one overall prospect, look at, look at what's going on with, with Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, that debate. Mm-hmm. You have this quarterback who's supposed to come in if he's drafted by the Bears and change the franchise. That's what Yoan Moncada was supposed to do for the White Sox. And then you Number have one these cult, and then you have these cult you have these cult members defending a guy because you know he has good videos running on a treadmill after he throws for 108 yards in a game. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching it. <laughs> he knows who he is. I'm not touching it. But but Tony, like I, I I'm with you. Like I, I had after 19, I was I was a Yoan Moncada fan, like huge fan. Like, like it was it was yo, it was Tim Anderson, Yoan Moncada for me. Like it was like them two, they were neck and neck, you know, and only because as a black man, Tim Anderson was just like like on the south side of Chicago, he was fucking he was he was he was God. Like there were there were black kids all over the south side of, of Chicago just with Tim Anderson jerseys because he would come out and he would play with them. He would come out and speak with them. He would go to their schools and stuff. So Tim Anderson was amazing for the city of Chicago on the South side with, with some of the, uh, the, the, the black kids, because they don't see that often. There's not that many black players in, in the major league. So um, having Tim Anderson <clears throat> represent the White Sox the way he did and be as good as he was and all of that, that was huge. But then right after that, yo, Amakata was just like, Holy shit, this guy's amazing. Like some of the throws, some of the stops, some of the fucking you know one hoppers in, in in the hot corner, and just his gun, and it was just this guy is amazing, and he hits 280, 25 bombs next year. Let's do, let's do the same thing, and it never came. It never came. You know, the, ex- just, the expectations on him really set up what I think is the ultimate failure. I can't wait for the the sports documentary on Yohan Moncada. Right, there will be one. I think it has to be. I mean, you have to include the videos, the 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 the, the pop star fucking phenomenon that he is now. You know, I mm-hmm. guess he is. I don't know. He thirty for thirty. Yoan Moncada. You know, he changes his uh, rise and fall of a pop star. He changes his fucking you know Hollywood you know Hawaiian shirt every now and again and stuff. I just I just I want the guy. I really I really want him to really be Yoan Moncada again. I really do. But I think I we just, all do. I hope he comes out this year and hits 30 bombs. It's not going to happen. But staying on the field and playing good defense and hitting in the middle has of the he, order. Has he, played, has, he, has he played 120 games in the last three years? I don't think so. No chance. Let's, let me let me just do a little research while, while you guys talk it out. I'm, I'm about to pull we've, it up. I want We've got I, a couple of I other topics, think... Ray, that I do want to get to. Okay, but... for sure. For sure. I mean, I'm just, you know, 
I'm sorry. Pull, pull these stats. I'm I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I am curious. I'm going to see if he's had 120 games in the last three years. Hold on. Maybe. Steve's money's on no. I don't think it's. I think he, I think he uh, might have yeah. 2021, he had 144 games. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But. 2022, 104, last year, 92. So it's not just a Johan Moncada problem. It's not. It's an Eloy problem. That's a fucking, that's a White Sox problem. Yeah. On both sides of the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Health. Yeah. I mean, you you know, let's look at, you know, Michael Kopech. What, what is he? Who knows what he is? We don't know. That's, we don't and, that's know. The, and that's the problem is, you know, he's now. God, he's five and a half years removed from Tommy John surgery, and we don't know if he can start. It doesn't. It doesn't look like he can because he can't get more than 120 innings in a season. You, you know, know where I was last year? I was at his first start. Y'all remember that game? Uh, <laughs> opening day. Yeah, we were there too. Yeah, oh, it was. It was. <laughs> I, I think. I think that's where where one of our famous uh, commenters, you know, Mr. Matt Crawford, got a very famous photo that has circulated its way around the internet, kind of talking about his feelings about the ballpark. At the oh, my God. That, that is an iconic is, photo. I didn't see that photo. Matt, send me that. Like, DM me that photo, bro. I didn't see it. But um, Oh, you've seen it. Trust me. I might. Oh, oh yeah, this one. Yes. This one? This yes. One? Okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. I, I know it. Don't worry about it, Matt. I know exactly what they're talking about. Um, um, he was right in front of us, too. Yeah. Um, it was... <laughs> It's a great photo, Matt. That's one of the best photos ever. Um, but we, we didn't know that he was sitting in our section. We just we all like a bunch of the on tap guys were all sitting together. What was yeah. it, 324 ish? Yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. And we sit down for like first pitch and Crawford walks in. We're like, oh, it's gonna be a fun game. Yeah, this is fucking great. Hey, it's it's like you I, I was in the fucking I was in the bleachers, so you know, like. You know the bleachers gets crazy, and uh, I was gotta in, be careful out there. In the I was in the left field bleachers. That's where that's where my seats were all year, and uh, it was fucking insane because it was just ball after ball, just ball after ball, ball after ball. Like God damn, I, I, are you just really gonna give up fucking seven home runs in a game? You're talking about Lance Lynn? Right? No, this was Cope. Oh, was Cope. Yeah, Lance Lynn gave up his fair share of home runs last year as well. Oh, I'm, you know what? The big bastard gave us what he had for two years. But, you know, like, I don't know if you can win in baseball the way he pitches anymore. I I think you I'll let Steven take that. You can. I mean, but the problem is when you go from 96, 97 down to 93, 94, you know, a lot of people think that two to three miles an hour isn't that big of a deal. But that extra two to three miles an hour, especially at the top of the strike zone, it's got that extra little hop to it Mm -hmm. at the very end that everybody always likes to talk about in scouting circles and everything. And 93, 94, I mean, that's average velocity in the year of our Lord 2024 now. Um, 96, 97, you know, you can live up there at the top of the zone. 93, 94, you miss your spot. You miss your location by an inch. It's out of there. You're getting barreled. Yeah. And, and that's and, what the problem is. And, and MLB today had him as uh, one of the candidates for comeback player of the year or some shit like that. Or like, you know, bounce back year. 
I personally don't see it. Um, I know obviously going to the Cardinals and everything back where he started his career. I just, at at this juncture, I mean, you know, he was trying to work in more secondary stuff last year, even when he, when he got to this, even when he started the year with the Sox and then when he went out to the Dodgers and everything, I just don't see it at this point. I mean, he's going to be 37 years old Um, to me. You know, the, his best days are behind him, and that's why I'm not really understanding a lot of the Cardinals' love that I'm kind of seeing on the interwebs right now. It's just I don't trust that pitching staff at all, and he's a big part of that. Yeah, well, I mean, Gonzo was asking in the comments, like uh, he has Cy Young votes in 21 and 22. And what I'm saying is he pitches to contact a lot. It's either strikeout or it's getting hit. You know what I mean? And I think he'd be, that like he'd be better off with this defense that Chris Getz is assembling right now. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like he has to he pitches a certain way. Like he pitches fastball heavy and maybe one off speed. So, but he depends a lot on movement. So let's just say he's throwing a four seamer and he's throwing a two seamer, and none of them moving that day. It's getting rocked. You know? And we that's, watch that. And that's the problem. That's the problem for me with 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 Lance Lynn. Like I love, I love that big bastard. I really do. I, I love everything about him. I love his fucking swagger. I love his fucking fire and everything like that. It's just, you know, when you're when you're talking about some of the best pitchers in baseball right now, Strider and fucking Burns and you know Kirby and fucking um, you know Alcantara and those guys. Yeah, they're gonna dominate with their fastball, but that that secondary pitch is a fucking just a monster. You know what I mean? So. I, he doesn't have that. No, not anymore. He 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 may have at one point in time when he had the velo, like Steve says. But without the velo, it's a it's a it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I, that's why I say you. I don't think you can win like with with him throwing those balls the way that he does at that velocity, right? You know. So no. But I I mean you know I know you got more things to talk. You know more topics. So let's just get to them, Tony. I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet. I'm I'm excited. I'm sorry. No, you're you're I'm good, man. This is this quick. is good. We've had 30 minutes of some great baseball. Yeah, I just today. don't get a chance to talk a lot of baseball. Yeah. You know, we've got we've got we've got more things for you to talk about, Steve. What do we got? All right. So we got kind of a little bit of a sense as far as like how how the spaces came to be and everything. I think we got to know your perspective and kind of what you guys have been talking about in the spaces with the hot topic in White Sox land. And that is the potential new ballpark in the 78 at the corner of Clark and Roosevelt. I'm a Roosevelt guy. Some people say Roosevelt. I'm going to forever say Roosevelt. Ray, where are you at on it? Yeah, it's it's Roosevelt. Thank I'm you. Roosevelt guy. Thank it's, you. It's, yeah, I'm a Roosevelt guy. It, you know, sometimes I'll say Roosevelt. I don't know. It just depends. Roosevelt might. I don't know. Anyway, um, all I care about with the stadium, and this is this is I mean, this is legit my only concern about the stadium. Turn the motherfucker the right way. That's it. If you move to 78, make sure the skyline's in the back so we can have a great fucking view on fucking home runs and that sort. That part, but at the same time, like I love I love Comiskey Park. The cell. And the raid or whatever you want to call it now, the, you know, some people call it the G spot. I will never call it that um, <laughs> for obvious reasons. But um, I, I I think that it's it's to me. I think it's it's Jerry's way of saying, you know what? I got one last fucking gas for money. I got one last gas for fucking trying to set my legacy with this team because I'm not going to put a great product on the field. So let me give the fans a fucking a good stadium, you know, 
experience and you know and then have them pay for it with their taxes you know so it's like i don't, I don't know like I, I i'm very uneasy about it because like i have a lot of memories on 35th a lot of memories on 35th either on one side of the street or the other i have a lot of memories you know what i'm saying so you know is the sale outdated no in my opinion it's not because i've been to some shitty ballparks in my in my lifetime but if they move, I really I like the location, but once again, we're dealing with a different thing of traffic and all kind of other stuff. So I mean, if 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 Jerry goes through with it, I think it's gonna be dope because he's gonna put the money into it. He's gonna get some good developers and store. And I think some of the people that live down that way are gonna love it, you know. But the people that's over here on 35th is gonna be like, God damn it, I used to walk to the games, you know. So so it just depends on how it is, but in the spaces, I think everybody's kind of like uneven about it. A lot of the guys are just like, you know, as long as it stays on the south side, that's great. You know, as long as they don't move out the city, that's great. That's all that matters. They're still the south side. But then some people are saying that's not south side, you know. So it is what it is. To me, I, I just, I, I'm more concerned with the fact that like, are they ever going to have the product to fill that stadium you know what i mean like because right now i think this going into this year right now they're not going to have they're not going to fill that stadium up ever the whole year never so here's what i think as it relates to the stadium and i and i know a lot of people have kind of shared that sentiment about you know i i want to see a better product on the field. I don't care that much about the stadium or, you know, okay, yeah, you can build this new ballpark. And at the end of the day, it's going to be the same thing because, you know, it's still going to be Jerry Reinsdorf owning the team. And when I wrote something about this a couple, two, three weeks ago, one of the most important things that I feel like a lot of people aren't taking into consideration is this, from my perspective, it's all about positioning the post Jerry Reinsdorf owned White Sox to be an actual major market team for the first time. And I think that with this ballpark in that location there and what will be a tourist hub and what will be an area that will attract transplants from other Midwest cities there, you know, there's going to, unfortunately, there will be, I think, a little bit of a Wrigley vibe to it, um, which I know is something that we've always kind of pushed back against. But at the end of the day, there's going to be some venture capital equity group that's going to buy this team when Jerry Reinsdorf's reign of terror ends. Look at the joy that people in Baltimore are having right now knowing that the Angelos family is out of the equation here. They're having a great time in Baltimore. Right. Think think about when um you know when the Guggenheim group bought the Dodgers back in I think it was 2011 2011 2012 you know go back and, and look at some of the horror stories of you know, the, the previous ownership group there in L.A., you get one of these big venture capital private equity groups in there that are looking at this thing and saying, hey, we've got a great ballpark and a top three market, fantastic location here. We own retail development around it. This thing can be an absolute cash cow. And the best way to make this a cash cow is by stepping all over these little piss ants that are in this division and playing October baseball every fucking year. Well, I like that shit. Steve, Steve really believes Ray that this is what's going to happen. But as a, as a lifelong white Sox fan, 
who's who's been through this for a long time, as we all have. I I just I some part of that plan is gonna fall the fuck apart, and we're gonna be miserable still. Yeah, it sounds. That's like, what Steve has taught me, and then he sounds, tries to go and preach all this positivity on these airwaves, and I, I just don't buy it. Well, I like reason. it. I like the fact that you know October baseball should be the goal every year, right? And I like the fact that it will be it will be a tourist attraction and, and and bring in some 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 outside people. But my main my my number one thing is Michael Reinsdorf. Like, where is he at with this? But see, everybody has always said that Jerry has kind of given the directive that when the reign of terror is over, that the team will be sold. And you hear a lot of things out there that Michael has no interest in owning the White Sox, that his sole focus the Bulls. is on the Bulls. I think the the card that people forget that is still on the table here is that Jerry doesn't own 100% of the Chicago White Sox. There are other investors. That is, that is you don't true. even know who their names are. But That's at the, the same other. time, him and his his children have been gobbling up those other investors, driving sure, up sure. their their percentages there. Now, you know, another eight nine years. Who knows what that percentage is going to be at? Will the Reinsdorf family have a majority stake at that point? And again, I think that's where this all comes back to and, and thinking about the post Reinsdorf White Sox world for me. It's a, it's a world that you can't wait to live in. No, I cannot. Cause let me tell you the fucking party that is going to ha- be had. It's going to be epic. Did, did I not just mute my microphone? You're you here. Did. Oh yeah. no, no, I'm saying did I mute it when I was yelling for my wife. Yeah. You, no, you did. We, we okay, did cool. All right, cool. All right. I, just, I looked at, I was like, Holy shit. Did I not mute? Um, um, I, I, Jerry Reinsdorf and I have a fucking a love-hate relationship. Like, and here's and here's why. I, I'm I'm 46 years old, and uh, I lived through the Jordan years, you know, and I lived through the 2005 White Sox years. Uh, I lived through Frank Thomas and Robin Ventura and Ozzy Ginn and Carlton Fisk and all those guys, um, and. Uh, I, I just, he's given me some of the best experiences of my life as far as sports fandom is concerned. And, you know, I appreciate him doing those things by building the teams that he built, investing the money that he invested, giving us the sale, uh, you know, after Comiskey Park was like, you know, whatever, but the sale became the sale. Hiring Jerry Krause. Hiring Jerry Krause for sure. Hiring Jerry Krause, you know what I'm saying? Even hiring fucking, you know, and 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 some people going to give me some flack about it, but even going from you know Ozzy to you know Robin to fucking bringing back the old man last you know two years ago, you know he he's not he's not dumb or by any means. He just it's just like he's just uh, he just can't he can't get out of his own way no more. Like I think he's just I think he's reached his he reached his his peak and it's over with for him. Like Jerry Jones. Like he doesn't get in front of the camera like Jerry Jones, but him and Jerry Jones are very similar in how they run their their organizations as owners. You know what I mean? Like, but at least I've got six NBA championships and a World Series from Jerry, you know, Reinsdorf. And I'm just like, I want to see him go because I'm very angry with where he's going with it now. 
And and I and I really Jerry Jerry Reinsdorf took a lot of money out of my pocket last year. You know, it was a it was a hundred loss season last year. And as a season ticket holder, that is it's unacceptable. You want my money every month for these fucking seats that I go sit in and I don't even want to go to the fucking ballpark because they're playing the fucking Marlins, they're playing the fucking Dodgers, they're playing the fucking Guardians, they're playing the fucking Twins. And guess what? They're gonna fucking lose. And I know they're gonna lose. Because the product is not on the field, and I don't want to pay my money to watch a losing fucking team. I just don't. And and then you're like, you really don't care about it because you're not doing anything about it, except for you finally made the choice to get rid of Kenny Williams and fucking um and 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 rest in bitch face. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're gone. You know what I'm saying? So I mean. Chris Getz is doing what he can. He's a young mind. I, I, I kind of wanted us to go outside of the order organization to bring in. But so far, to me, Chris Getz is, is on a fucking teeter-totter. What do you call that thing? A seesaw? Is that a seesaw? No, you yeah. Know. yeah. Confirmed. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. 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 So he's 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 on that. Like, like he's giving me some ups and downs. Like and for for me getting rid of the guys that he got rid of was ballsy for real you know what i mean like and but he needed to like we wasn't getting nothing out of fucking um grandall what were we getting out of grandall yasmani gave us nothing you know we signed that motherfucker to like a major contract and got nothing right like giolito's gone a major contract by white Sox standards I mean, but yeah, yeah, we didn't give him a hundred thousand. Like, you know, you know, again, we would never do that because Jerry Reinsdorf will not give a baseball player a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, a hundred million dollars for nothing. And the Royals, who are in Kansas fucking city, just gave their superstar player eleven years, two hundred something million. So, anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, my God. Really? Let's talk about it. We're one of two organizations in Major League Baseball as of, what, this afternoon now that uh, does not have a player signed over a $100 million contract in their history. The only other team, the Oakland A's, we we all know what's going on with with them. We've seen all of that. They're – displeasure with their ownership group i mean jerry has really turned it into a powder keg piece by piece it's not just one thing it's all of this when it adds up it's everything that you've said ray it's everything that steve said on these airwaves for the last what four years it's it's a powder keg it's yohan mancata not caring It, it the whole organization has had its issues and it's really reached an apex with this season. I mean, let's talk about Pedro Grafal. Let's talk about Chris Getz stuff. Every single thing could have been done better. And most other organizations take the opportunity when you have a clean front office, you've gotten rid of your problem, to correct it. Jerry has never actually corrected anything. If, you know, I've stood up on the Tony LaRusso side of the argument over and over again on this show 
But again, was that really correcting the issue? Probably not. It's a band-aid. But that's the same thing you get with every decision that has been made with this organization, from free agents to ballpark game day ops to preparation to the health of the every, everything is in question. And so that's why it feels the way it feels to be a White Sox fan right now. Steve, any comments on that? I mean, I think that encapsulates a lot of my feelings. I think everybody knows how I feel about the spawn of Satan. Um, He is the bane of my existence, and I will forever take him to task as long as he owns the one sports team that I truly love. The the one thing that I've heard this so many times, Steve, is is this party that's going to get thrown. It's happening. I can't fucking wait. I'm going. It's happening. I'm going to this party. Ray, you're invited. Anthony, I don't know if you're going to make the guest list. I'm going to be honest with you. Why? Why am I not making the guest list? I mean, you know, I can come up with a couple. Do you drink bourbon, Tony? No, I'm not a bourbon guy. And there it is. That's fine. If you're just (laughs) drinking bourbon, I'll I'll enjoy my own party. (laughs) But I'll go hang out. I'll go hang out in the Buzz Cave. There you go. <laughs> oh no, oh, Bradley, Bradley's a bourbon guy, so I mean, he's you know he's yeah. got the invite already, so you know there's that. There you um, go. But nevertheless, that's that's not why you, you call guys. It. This, this, <laughs> this conversation is just like I'm, it's making me grab my my liquor and sip it a couple more times than usual because this Jerry shit. But go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, he he is so stuck in his ways and has an antiquated thought process. I've written this so many times and I've said it so many times on these proverbial airwaves. He thinks that it's the same game that it was when he bought this team in 1981. It's just not it. The game has changed so much. It has changed so much in just the last decade, but he refuses to think outside the box. He refuses to have his baseball notions and ideas challenged. And that's why you see these continual insular hires, why you see Chris gets promoted because we we can't waste any time because I'm 87 years old. I don't know how much more time I have left. I can't afford to go through a full rebuild. So I need someone that's here who knows the processes and knows everything in place. But, you know, yet... Chris Getz still has to kind of learn who's all here and how everything works. Fascinating stuff right there. Um, so I, I've talked about this, and I'm going to continue to say it. The fish stinks from the head, plain and simple. This will always forever be a Jerry Reinsdorf problem until the problem is eradicated. Yeah, and, I, and, and I'm with you. Like I, Jerry, Jerry is just – He's just lost his touch. Like he had an edge to him in, you know, the 2000s, the early 2000s, you know what I'm saying? With when Ozzy was here and, and, and I've talked to Ozzy, you know what I'm saying? Like one-on-one and he's, you know, shout out to Ozzy again um, for, you know, just being able to have a conversation with this man. And, and Ozzy was, you know, not quoting him directly more like, you know, just kind of just, um, giving you a little bit of context of what he was saying. It was just like when it comes to like baseball and him being an, uh, a manager, he wants to manage. You feel what I'm saying? And he doesn't take shit for nobody when it becomes a manager issue. And he, he, 
he said it just became like it, it was a battle, too much of a battle over and over and over again when he wants to manage and he's not getting what he needs to manage. So that's that's why, you know, when I talked to him, I was like, holy shit, like it makes sense. And 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 then now you see the the, the domino effect from from going from Ozzy Ginn, who was this. This is Ozzy Ginn, right? And who did he learn from? Tony fucking LaRusa. You know what I mean? Like he played for LaRusa. He he understands like, okay, this is how baseball should be done. I'm gonna run my teams like this. And the domino effect from going from Ozzy has just been, you know, I mean, I guess we tried it with 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 Robin, but Robin is uh he wasn't what's the word I'm looking for? Robin wasn't he wasn't cold blooded. Yeah, Robin he was I, I will forever be a Robin Ventura defender. I think Robin Ventura, the player, I, I should say. Yeah, I, I, sure. I think that this organization needs to right a wrong here and they need to welcome Robin Ventura back because he's the best third baseman in the history of this fucking franchise. And it pisses me off to no end the fact that people don't acknowledge that because of what happened with him when he was a manager. The fact of the matter is, you put him in a position with an aging roster that was out of gas. The thing was completely done, and you set him up for failure. Now, were there things that were done from his perspective as a manager that I did not like 100%, but to put all of that on Robin, and and for a guy that, frankly, just had a more laid-back demeanor, you see that all the time when it comes to managerial or coaching changes throughout pro sports, you have the fiery guy. And then the next guy that comes in that next transition is a more laid back, softer spoken, less intense guy. And then the pendulum swings back again. Usually, you know, we didn't really get that with Ricky Renteria. I mean, he would have a couple of moments here and there, but it wasn't, you know, like the level that you saw with a guy like Ozzy, for example. Yeah. But Ricky, Ricky was always supposed to be the guy to, you know, develop the young guys. He was a developmental coach. You know what I mean? Like, in my opinion, he was he was brought here to do what he did. And he did a good job at it. And then that's why, you know, people were like, why we go back to La Russa? Well, because La Russa was supposed to date the guys that Renteria developed and take them to the next level of winning. And it didn't happen. And so that's why we've had just mediocrity over the last fucking five years going from those two those two managers, you know what I'm saying? So, what the fuck is happening? Hold on, I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Steve. <clears throat> there you go. I'm sorry. My bad. There it is. Yeah, Steve. what happened was, I, I guess I hit my watch and oh. started music or whatever. <laughs> it was her come through. Anyway. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, Steve, do we want to touch on some of the um trade activity with ray here yeah i i mean i mean so um you know look ray i i put out a piece here today over at ontapsportsnet.com looking at i didn't get a chance trade. to read it yet i saw it i saw it's a it. lot of words i'm gonna warn you it's a lot okay, of words. i, 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 I <laughs> saw it I didn't, I didn't click on it because i was cleaning my kitchen and all kind of other shit but go ahead i'm sorry but you know look i mean th- these are a couple of trades and like i've been kind of taking chris gets to task a little bit for not thinking outside the box, not doing things differently when, you know, in his introductory press conference, he was constantly talking about the fact that he was quote unquote different. And I think that these two moves are different in the sense that you took a guy in Gregory Santos that had a very solid uh, rookie season with this team and looked like a guy that was in the mix to be the closer 
coming into 2024, and you moved him for a couple of developmental pieces um, in Prelander Baroa and Zach De La Oche. Um, and then the key variables that was the number 69 hashtag nice overall draft pick um, coming up here. And then you, you take, you take another guy, a, a prospect in Christian Mena, who a lot of people thought was going to be something that was going to see starts for this team in 2024. And you moved him for a guy in Dominic Fletcher that has a skill set and looks like a guy that could be a solution to the long-term black hole that has played this team for a long ass time. Yep, and Fletcher and, and Fletcher has been a guy that has drawn comparisons to um you know Cole Calhoun, Josh Reddick, and even former Sox outfielder who they acquired also from the Arizona Diamondbacks, Adam Eaton. You know, so these are two moves that really are not things that we saw Rick Hahn do during his tenure. Um I'm I'm not as crazy about some of the actual prospects and, and the players that are coming back from Seattle there, I think the dra- the addition of the draft pick makes the deal a little bit more interesting right there. So overall, I actually applaud Chris Getz for doing something different, not just doing what this organization has been doing for so long and trying to think outside the box here a little bit. Ray, what's your take? I I, um, I totally agree with you on with the move with the Seattle move. Um, the 69th or was it 69th or 65th? 69 hashtag nice yeah hashtag nice okay so it was that pick um but um i, I did a little bit of research as far as on um uh brebia brebia how do you say that john brebia yeah brebia okay so brebia um he's got some stuff he's he's got some he's got some stuff um i don't think that um he he's uh he, he lacks talent um the, the cats lab is going to be in full effect this year. Um, I'm looking forward to the cats lab in spring training and seeing what these guys do in spring training. And, and that guy included, um, I I'm really looking at that whole move because Santos, um, like you said, was supposed to be the closer and him getting moves is like, okay, that to me rings that we're going to be going to, um, uh, what's my man? The left-hander, Garrett uh, Crochet. Crochet, and I, and I really believe like that whole fucking Crochet being a starter has been fucking washed. Yeah. Is, is Michael Kopech your closer this year? I, I if if I if I was managing, if I was managing, Michael Crochet would be my closer. He would. I would fucking do it in a heartbeat. Michael Kopech. I say Michael Crochet. Holy shit! You know what? <laughs> That's the bourbon, right? Thank you. Uh, you're right. It's <laughs> Michael Kopech would be our fucking closer. And um, uh, I would do that in a heartbeat because I think he is a closer at heart. I think he is. He reminds me. Who does he remind you of? He reminds you of when they tried to start our last closer. Got, you know, thankfully he's healthy now and he beat cancer and, and, and Liam Hendricks, you know. But Liam was a starter at one point in time. They tried to do it. It didn't work out but he found his niche as a closer and became the best in the game. Right. So I think Kopik is of that ilk. Like I think he has that in him. So I would probably do that. And, but, but at the same time, crochet, like I, I've always liked crochet. I like his fucking, his, his, his stature. 
I like his arm slot. I like his fucking, I like his stuff. You know what I'm saying? And if they can ever hone that, he could be like, when was the last time we saw a dominant lefty closer? Like, like I don't remember. Billy Wagner. Wagner, exactly. That's, that's probably the last one, you know? And 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 Wagner was a fucking monster. Um, but you know, I, I just think that um with with the fact that he made he made a couple other moves, like Jared Schuster is a fucking good pitcher. Schuster is a good pitcher. And I don't, I don't think people understand like getting him from from Atlanta was a good move in my opinion. Um I think that uh in the Cats lab um he's going to, you know, get refined and Soroka is a is a I think he was a was he a first round pick? Yeah, he was a, he was a first round pick and he was a guy he was an all-star in in, tw- in 2019. Yeah, and- exactly. So it's like, you know, you got Soroka in the mix now and it's like, okay, so maybe maybe he has a maybe Chris Getz has a different kind of vision of what he wants. But what what I do know, what I do know is that we was talking about this today in the space I was in today. Um, I wasn't running it, but I was in it. So we were talking about how important for any baseball team to have the middle of the field taken care of. And right now, even though they're not going to put up big offensive numbers, but defensively, Modernado, Lopez, DeJong and Luis Robert are set down the middle of the infield. I mean, down the middle of the field. And for any team to be successful in baseball, it is known. History has shown us that if you have those four positions, second base, shortstop, catcher, and fucking center field, pretty much good defensively, you're going to win a lot of games because of the defense that those guys can give you. Now, is Paul DeJong going to give us a fucking 270 fucking... 20 home run, 15 stolen base season? Absolutely fucking not. He's not. This is Nicky Lopez even gonna sniff that? Absolutely not. But hopefully Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, uh Yoan Mancada, and fucking you know, maybe, 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 maybe my boy Nicky, uh Dominic uh Fletcher over there can give me some fucking shit over there in right field over there. Like, no, I'm not just playing, but I like I like Dominic Fletcher. I watched him play for Italy in the um, WBC, and I was like, "This guy is nasty." I, I like him. I whoa, whoa, whoa! Italian talk here. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah this is this is great. Keep going, yeah. right? No, no, I love it. I love this guy. It's this fucking guy over here. He's fucking. Uh, he's uh, Dominic uh, Fletcher. I like this fucking guy over here. He's fucking great. I like this fucking guy. But no, he's uh he's he's. In the WBC, he 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 really showed out. He they didn't go far because Italy was uh was not that great in the WBC, but he was. I think he had like a fucking three hundred some average. He had like two home runs, but he was good. All they need to do is find a way to make a deal with Kansas City, ship Andrew Vaughn and somebody else over there, get Vinny Pasquantino over, and we've got <laughs> mass Italians. We tried the mass. Mass Cubanos. Now yeah. we're gonna try Mass Italianos. Mass Italianos. Hey, yes. if, if, if Steve if, is Steve is living in fear if that would if, happen. If if what? Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Time out. Uh, you don't like Vinny P? I love Vinny P. I I I just don't think we need that many Italians. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. I don't know. <laughs> hey, listen, Vinny P is gonna be a fuck. I hate that he's in the fucking division. He's gonna be. The the Pasquatch, I mean, he said he doesn't want to be called that, but he will forever be called that. 
He's fucking a monster. I I'm scared of that fucking guy. Yeah, he I, I he might be the best first baseman in, in the AL Central. In our division, like you have to see this guy multiple times a year. I and mean, Benny P is fucking he's good. And 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 the and the Royals is Andrew Vaughn good, Ray? That's it's an important question. Okay, so let's let's talk about the White Sox lineup. Okay, like who do you guys see leading off this fucking lineup? If you say Andrew Benatini, I'm going to. I think it is going to be Noodle Boy. I think it is going to be Noodle Boy. I mean, I mean, let's be real about this. Oh my god! No, it can't be Benny. It can't be Benny. Why not? What other options do we have? I mean, I you know I'll I'll, I'll say this in between you know bites of spaghetti. I mean, he actually will take walks at cl- like a nine ten percent clip, which you know helps did the on base. Watch him, did he, we watch him fucking lead off eighty five or something games last year? Like, like I, I just don't know what the other options are at this point. Okay, so okay, all right, okay, so I'd, I'd be I'd be okay with giving Dominic Fletcher a try. So right, I, I, I agree. Um, Benny one, who the fuck is hitting two? I think probably Mankata. And 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 Mon- uh two hole Mankata has been the best Mankata. I agree with you. So getting Mankata back in the two hole would probably be would probably be like the best idea. Now, are we going Vaughn three or no, absolutely we- not? No, Luis Robert. We're not going, we're going Luis Robert three, right? Luis Robert okay, three. So then who's four? Eloy? I I would I would try I would start Aloy out in that spot. Um it'd be then, great if we had Jake Burger still. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, it? yeah, it would. It would if he actually had a guy that could hit for power consistently. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I just had to get that out. He's on my fantasy team and I and I got him in like the 18th round. It was fucking great. But this is uh, a very pro Jake Burger podcast. Yeah, this, I love Jake Burger. Jake, Jake Burger, shout out to you, buddy. Um, got, but I'm sorry, continue. So we got, so we got, we got down to four. So we said, um, Eloy at four. And, and then, then I, th- I think you probably go Vaughn at five. Vaughn at five. Um, and then it's just a toss up from there, right? And yeah, then everybody I'm, else is getting out. Everybody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like 69 is like, you know, the pitchers are like, oh, man, this is fucking great. Whew, All right. We can take our foot off the gas here yeah, now. <laughs> this whole fucking bullshit. And these guys are not going to hit it because you got Nikki. You got fucking DeJong. DeJong didn't have a bad year. I mean, he's is this team he, outside of Luis Robert going to be able to steal a base? Like, that was a huge focus last year. At least it felt like. No, I mean, the majority of the teams that won games last year stole a lot of bags. And Braves, there's there's not Texas. a lot of speed right now. I'm just looking up and down there, some of these guys. Like There is no speed. I mean, unless we get Luis Robert to start stealing bags again, if we get Yoan to start stealing bags again, you know. Benny has fucking speed too, but he doesn't do it, you know. And then yeah. I mean, you 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 said something early, Tony, and it it pissed it it didn't piss me off. It it, it just rubbed me the wrong. He does he does that a lot. He I said tried. something earlier. He said something about um, Pedro Grafal, and and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just leave my comments to a very um minute level, okay. Go Ray. So Pedro, Pedro Grafal was brought in to be um, the manager of the Chicago White Sox, um, and this man literally said that we're going to be different. 
we're going to go out every day and we're going to play to win. He said some, and he used some very choice words in his first interview or so. Mm -hmm. And then he also said that, you know, analytics will play a major part in what he does. We're going to be using analytics to get us to, you know, where we want to be and so on and so forth. I didn't see none of that fucking shit. None of Nobody it. did. No, I didn't see none of that shit. Like, what the fuck were you? What what analytics were you using? You wasn't using WRC. You wasn't using fucking goddamn uh, 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 OOA or any of fucking advanced stats like that. Like to 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 build your lineup. Like, what were you doing? Like, I I I don't know what he was doing. Like, I don't think he was making the lineups, right? I don't think he knew what he was doing either. You don't think he was making the lineups, Tony? No. Holy shit! Like. What, what is he had the fucking lineup fairy come in and fucking do it every morning? Yeah. Okay, cool. The White Sox analytics fairy department. <laughs> that's, that's, it was, I was like, what are we doing? What is this? What is this lineup? Well, I mean, Tim Anderson in his time here was basically in sharpied into the leadoff spot. So that I felt like the team did better when Andrew Benintendi was leading off. Just, from the eye test, like it just it it felt better. Tim Anderson had a shit year. Yeah, he had a did not know how to set the tone year. at all, as yeah. we like to say on this show. What 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 set the tone is 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 you guys thing. I love it. Um, also, uh, Tim Anderson last year. You know, shout out to mm-hmm. Tim. I hope he I hope he gets his shit together. And I know his wife stuck by his side, but I I, I know what it feels like to be in a in a relationship where it's topsy turvy. That shit takes over your life. I'm sorry. And then people don't understand that, but when you when you have made mistakes and you really trying to bounce back from it and you're trying to keep your wife, like that shit is terrible. Like I, I've been there. Like I've literally been in his shoes, you know, made the bad decision and now I got to perform on the back end of making a bad decision. So I hope he gets his life, you know, like set and in order. But when she came out with all that shit, that fucked him up. Trust me, he wasn't seeing that coming. He didn't see that coming. And and and, and Tim, he he was a shell of himself last year. We, like we have never seen Tim hit two forty something. Like never. You and know? you're talking about a guy that was playing on Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Exactly. Like this guy was Just went down the drain. It went straight down the drain. Like, like I love Tim Anderson. Now, like I said, I hope I, I hope you know he's a he's a family guy, and I hope he really gets keeps his family together, because you know, not for nothing. Like young guys in their twenties, I don't know about you guys, but when I was in my twenties, like I made a lot of mistakes. I did. Like I I, I was with, I, I I did what made me feel good, you know, and whatever made me feel good, I just did it. Like I didn't care the repercussions until the repercussions came, and then you know you got to deal with those, and that shit sucks. <laughs> that shit sucks bad. So you know, you know, I, I I hate when people bash him for his mistakes because like, what were you doing at 27, 28, 29 years old? Like I was still making mistakes. You know, I, I I'm on my I'm on my third marriage because of my first mistake at my twenty something year old ages. So you know what I mean. So I, I just want people to know that. But at the same time, we, we're looking at a lineup where the White Sox are going to go into this year. And like you said, six through nine, like 
nobody's afraid of that, but they are afraid of that. I mean, I don't even know if they're afraid of Benny Bond, fucking Eloy, Mankata, and Robert. Like you're, you're probably only afraid of Luis Robert in this lineup. But Ray, I want to I want to double back on on what what did I say that that upset you on Pedro Grifol? Because I've got a follow up question for both of you. Oh, okay. All right. So here's what it, nothing really upset me is the fact you brought him up. But, but but oh, just it, the name. It's just oh my fucking god. The so, name hey, that it, so, wow. So, we've got to start putting trigger warnings on. Yeah. So Pedro, you mentioned Pedro, Pedro Grifol. Yeah, Pedro Grifol. Like, like I want. I wanted. I wanted a. Um, I wanted a manager that that understood analytics and used them. And he said he was, and he didn't. I wanted a manager that said that he was going to run the spring training different, and he didn't. I wanted a manager that, that was more fundamentals-focused, and, and, the, and the team played with more fundamental focus, and he didn't. You know what I mean? Like, that's all the things that he said he was going to do, and he came and he did none of that shit. Like, none of it. Well, the the funny part to me, and I, this is my question for you guys. So we were talking about managers earlier and how you sort of sway back and forth between, you know, the the hardcore guy versus the players manager and, and back and forth. You, you you both classified, you know, Ozzy is is sort of cold blooded, right? Was was your words? Yeah. So you go to Ricky Renteria. I think we can all say that, you know, he wasn't a cold-blooded manager. He was more of a player's manager. He was a player's coach, for real. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it sort of broke down for me was you were supposed to get cold-blooded Tony LaRussa. And I think you did for a little while before things started to slip away from, from TLR. And what I've heard from guys like Jake Berger, who's been on the show, was that, you know, he, he carried a lot of respect but I don't know if he was exactly as as cold blooded as as people expected him to be or wanted him to be. He also made some mistakes. Then you go to Pedro Grifol, who comes in and and you brought up the introductory press conference. He came in acting very cold blooded. We're gonna kick your ass every night. And then he went out there and he got basically knocked out just like Tim Anderson did by Jose Ramirez from the whole entire league. Just rolled through this team to a hundred loss season. It was embarrassing. Is he a player's manager? Is he called? What is Pedro Grifol to to both of you guys? What is he? Because I can't figure out who the fuck this guy is as a manager. There's no identity. It's bland. Yeah. I'm going to let Steve start off and then I'll I'll go after that. (laughs) He's um, a one and done manager. I think after this season, you ain't never going to see that Mr. Clean looking son of a bitch in a dugout ever again. I mean, everything he said during that introductory press conference, we all know now to be bullshit. That's just what it is. And you're right, Tony. He doesn't bring any kind of an identity to this team. And I find it hilarious in a sense about how, you know, last year he's talking about, oh, you know, we've got this great group, you know, everybody's together. And then all of a sudden this winter, as guys are are not being brought back and guys are being traded, uh, you know, we didn't have the group that we needed last year and everything. The tone magically just changed when guys walked out that door. To me, that's some spineless shit right there. 
You know, don't sit there and, and be in front of the camera all the time during the course of the season talking about, you know, we, we believe in this group. We've got the group in here that we want to have. And then, you know, the minute that they're not here anymore, well, you know, we didn't have our group. That's weak. It's absolute, it's just absolute bullshit. And that's why I frankly, I can't wait until this thing is over. You know, we might, we might get the third year of this contract in 2025 because the team's not going to be contending. And then hopefully this, this process rebuild 3.0 turns the corner. And as we go into 2026, we actually move on to somebody that has a clue in that dugout. I agree. I, I'm, 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 I'm Pedro Grafford out. I don't and, and Tony, you said something to the effect of you don't know what he is. I don't know what he is either. I don't. And, and and I was one of the one of the guys when he first got hired because of his background and where he came from and some of the things that people were saying about him and you know respected guys around the league and they were just like you know this guy's smart he's very good at what he does and so on and so forth and 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 then you know you saw who he brought in with him it was like okay cool like maybe we will be uh you know focusing on the the finer points of the game and analytics and so on and so forth because. For a long time, I'm an old guy. What I see on the field is what I see on the field. Like that's how that's how I judge the teams without the numbers, without the analytics, or whatever. What I saw on the field, what what the manager wrote on the fucking lineup, you know, card before the game, whatever, is what I judge the manager off of and how the team played. Right. So growing up watching Carson Fisk and fucking um, you know Ozzy Ginn and Harold Baines and and those guys in the 80s and then moving up to Frank Thomas and all those guys in the 90s and so on and so forth. It was like a brand of baseball that I understood. I didn't know what the fuck was happening last year. I don't know. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Little league bullshit is what I like to describe it as. I, I it just, looks like an unprepared little league team. Yeah. I mean, like, like did we did we bunt one time last year? I don't remember seeing a bunt. I don't Anybody know. remember seeing a bunt? Oh, there, 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 there were a couple, were, I'm sure. Yeah, there were there were bunts in there. Look, I'm I'm famously I'm sure Zach Remillard dropped a couple. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Zach Remillard. Yeah. Yes, yes, he yeah. did. I remember the Zach Remillard bunt. I remember that. I watched that game, but I mean, it was just like I feel like Noodle Boy bunted a couple times too. Uh, I remember you I telling think, me Noodle I think Boy. He did. <laughs> Noodle Boy is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> Andrew Benatini being called Noodle Boy is fucking amazing. It's it's like a triple entendre. It's like a triple. It really upsets <laughs> Anthony, though. I know no, that. It's like, hey, hey, Tony, I'm sorry. It's like a triple entendre. Like, Noodle Boy is fucking funny. Like, I'm sorry. I can't help it. That's His arm is a noodle, right? He's a bit intendy, so you, you just take it like he's Italian. So it's noodles. It's like it's 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 so many layers. Steve Steve really worked hard on that one. It was so many layers. I, we, we we were on the timeline, and he said that I was like, "Who the fuck is Noodle Boy?" He's like Biddy. I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking!" I will forever call him Noodle Boy, like forever. But it <laughs> so bad. But I mean, you know, let, uh, let's just let's, I'm gonna keep it positive. Griffal has a better chance at winning sixty. 65 games this year, 65 to 80 games this year. Let's just put it there. 65 to 80 games this year 
than he did last year, only because the roster, in my opinion, is better than last year. And the only reason I say that is okay. I'm sorry. The only my I don't know, this little fucking thing I got this this fucking you dig? I, oh yeah, there you go. Podcast on it. It is. You it went has, like almost like anonymous voice there. Yeah, it has a short in it. It, it does go there. For, it does go there sometimes. Um, I don't know why. It's weird. Anyway, um, what was I saying? You're trying to be positive about Pedro Grifol. Oh, oh, what I'm saying is this: it's, it's, you know, the team is better in my opinion. Like only because we have, like, like I was talking about earlier, the defense is different. You know, and we have pitchers. You got you, you brought back a a, a a a possible Cy Young winner because nobody wanted to pay the price we were asking for him, right? And in um in um Dylan Cease. Uh, we don't know what Michael Kopech is going to do, but we do know you got Tukey Toussaint. You know, <laughs> hey, who knows what Tukey's going to be? Tukey's that dude. You know what I'm saying? Tukey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even keep a straight face saying that. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> Jared Schuster, uh, Michael Soroka, and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? We got one more starter, right? Kopech? Is Kopech a starter, y'all? Um, I mean, I think Kopech is penciled. Oh, Eddie, Fetty. Eddie Fetty. Yep. Eddie fucking Fetty, y'all. Coming from the KBO, you know what I mean? He was dominating the KBO. Think about Eddie Fetty coming back to the fucking MLB and fucking throwing fucking heat. And fucking- I think my guy, my guy, Brian Bannister, in whom we trust, you know, <laughs> that, I mean, that's, it's going to be interesting I'm to see. get you a Bannister in Bannister We Trust t-shirt line. Please do, because I will wear it. I know you will. Don't think I won't. Yeah. You can if you if you sell a hundred of them, we'll we'll start to you know make some other side deals. Honey. Challenge imagine? accepted. Hey, yeah. hey Steve. Challenge accepted. All right, let's do it. Steve, of, of the young guys, I, I want to talk about the prospects before you know we go any further. Prospect wise. So we go into spring training next week, right? We got a Six weeks of spring training, get ready for the fucking um the new season. Which one of the prospects you think breaks camp with the team? I don't think any of them do. Wow, Tony. I'm I'm in Steve's camp. Wow. I think a lot of the moves, and Steve will probably agree with this. A lot of the moves that were made this season were to buy some time for some of these guys. Like Colson Montgomery, probably yeah, not. not gonna- Steve and I had a had a long talk on this patience with the prospects last week. And I, I just I there's no want, reason to there's yeah. no reason to do it. I, I mean like I, I agree if, with that. If, if you bring Colson Montgomery up, you know, in in mid-May, and you know, even if everything went perfect and he hit 25 to 30 home runs, you're still not moving the needle for this team. Because there's just not enough around him. Yeah, what's and, the benefit? Right. At the end of the day, he's only played 50-some games down in A Birmingham. I, we've seen this enough with this organization over the last 15, 20 years where they rush guys to the major leagues and they don't allow them to fully develop before coming up. And I think with where this team is at right now, they have actually afforded themselves the luxury to allow these guys to – spend more time in the minor leagues to fully develop Mm -hmm. where they haven't in the past. You know, you think about like Gordon Beckham was drafted in June of 2008 
And then by late May of 09, he was already up in the bigs, being plugged in at third base, a position he had never played before because they had to have somebody there because they were the defending division champs and they thought that they still had a shot there. So they just plugged in this a, a guy in a spot that he wasn't familiar with. Yeah. And 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 it worked out well for that season. And everybody thought, hey, Gordon Beckham is going to be a guy. He's going to be a, a cornerstone player of this team going to going to second base the following year. And then it just never materialized after that. No, I I I just I, I'm with you on on like Coast and Montgomery. I'm with you on uh what's his name? Quero. Quero, yep. Quero, I'm with him on them. Um I'm I'm a little bit skeptic on Brian Ramos though. See, I just don't know where he's going to play because the the issue with him is he's been playing predominantly third, third base. base. Yeah. You know, so I mean I, I, I thought he was going to be traded at some I, point. I, I I'm with you on that one too, Tony. Like I, if he wasn't gone, although like, if you get a good if you get a good start to the season from Yoan Moncada, is it's probably in the realm of possibility that he's moved, it's not going to be for something sexy at all, just based on the history here and what you've seen. But there's no way he's coming up. Although I will say this, if Yohan Moncada is only playing 120 games, you might see Brian Ramos but, but, up here but, at 35th and Shields manning third base as a fill-in for Moncada. But, Tony, like I, here's, here's where I'm at with it. Paul DeJong is limited, I think, as a shortstop. Nicky yeah. Lopez is not as a shortstop. Like, Nicky Lopez is – he he is a glove. He has gold glove caliber defense in his body. Like, legit. I thought you were talking more on the offensive side because I'm pretty sure DeJong has some some ability to flash the leather a little bit. Uh, I mean, the, does he – he he's he's graded out well defensively throughout the course. I mean, of his I, career. I, I I he is he's solid. He's solid defensively. But 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 hear me out. This is where I'm going with it. What if we go to spring training and Brian Ramos is really like ripping the leather off the ball, right? And they're just like undeniable saying we got to have him up, right? And what if he plays second? Throughout the whole spring training, right, and we move. You're, you're forgetting that Whit Merrifield's going to sign with the Chicago White Sox before spring training. <laughs> oh, damn it, Anthony! No, what? Where did you get this shit from? Don't, you, don't, don't dignify him. Don't do it. Don't do it. I gotta check. I gotta check Twitter. I'm gonna check. Don't Whit do Merrifield. it. Whit Merrifield. Don't yeah. do it. No way. No don't fucking it. way. It was reported earlier in the off season that what's this guy like? Forty-seven years Merrifield? old. He's older than me. <laughs> Hey, no. Steve and I had a long talk about how the White Sox missed on DJ LeMahieu at one point and with Merrifield. No, I mean, yeah, we did like five years ago. Yeah, see, but I mean, that's like, always gets his guy, man. I don't want, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want DJ, nor do I want Whit Merrifield on the fucking White Sox. What is what purpose do they serve on the White Sox? So they don't, don't. they don't. That's the point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I can't, I cannot, I cannot with bringing more, like, Paul DeJong was a fucking, was a, was a, like, swallow, like, okay, I got to take that one. 
But then, like Nicky Lopez, like I said, for him, he's different. He he does have a glove, and, and maybe he has untapped potential with his bat. You know, because he really doesn't get. I think he had the most. I think we pissed off Nicky Lopez earlier today from the Sox on Tap Twitter account. No way! Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I gotta check it out. I'm I'm a, when I get off here with you guys, I'm going to y'all's fucking Twitter page and I'm going to search Nicky Lopez and see what happens. Oh, though there was there was an interaction. There was an interaction with and, us and, and the Nikki and the funny Lopez. thing is, a lot of people are going to think that I was the culprit of this. I in fact was. Well, the, there's, there's multiple people who 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 has access to that account. I I. I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. It's a, it, the Socks oh, on yeah. Tap account for those who haven't figured it out yet is is a very shared account within the, the podcasting group. Right. Yeah. Like some like 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 when the juke joint goes off, it, it could be me. It could be Elise. It could be Eric. Who knows? But is know, Eric still on Twitter? Yeah, he's still he. So I Eric, I haven't Eric, heard from Eric in a while. Eric took a little. Te- Eric took a little sabbatical um, to deal with a lot of like home family type stuff. Plus. He's like this. He's a hustler, man. Like this man is a hustler. Like how he how he does his how he goes about life is a hustler, and I love it. I love that about him. So, but but um yeah we um we got a show coming on Friday, um with BGR, and then we got a show in the Juke Joint on Monday with he and I talking about spring training, going into spring training. So it should be dope. But Eric Eric is. He's just not as as active because he has a lot more responsibilities at home and at work right now. So, um, but yeah, um, he's one of the smartest dudes I ever met as far as GM shit, and he taught me a lot about like everything about baseball, like service time and and just the analytics and WRC plus, like like ex Woba. This shit is crazy, like. Them that that's it. I've had I've had a couple of good baseball talks with him. He's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Not pretty good. He's he's damn good. Like you know, like, does he make predictions that don't pan out? Sure, we all do. Yeah. We all do. But like but a lot Americans of times, White Sox. <laughs> a, a lot of, a lot of times, like he's spot on with with his thought process, and that's why I love him. That's why I asked him to start this uh, to start our podcast together because I've never really came across a guy with that much acumen going on in his mind all the time. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, hey, can I ask you guys a question, uh, Tony? Sure. So about um, about the White Sox, you have Noah Schultz. Okay. Have you watched tape on this kid last yes. year? Uh, Steve, have you watched tape on oh, this yeah. kid? Yeah. He is probably the most I'm, – I'm more excited about him than any other prospect. I am. I'm also probably more scared about him than Why? um <laughs> just because I have I have prospect paranoia at this I point. Think, and and oh, like I when think. I see Jeff Passon, you know, talking about him saying that he thinks he could be a top 20 prospect in the sport by midseason, I just get scared because of everything that we just went through. And you know, look, the fact of the matter is um he had some forearm issues towards the end of last season. And we, we've we lived that nightmare before. We saw it with Garrett Crochet. We saw it with Michael Kopech. So I'm just, I'm always just, I'm scared anytime a White Sox prospect kind of gets talked about on a national level, the way that he's being talked about right now. Does he, does he get, does he get, like, so 
let's just talk about like what was the injury before he came back last year? That was a leg issue, right? Um, it wasn't shoulder or arm or anything like that. I think it was legs. I. What was remember. Noah Schultz's issue? I'm trying to remember what exactly. It I, I can't was. remember. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think it was arm issue. But I want to say well, in, in August 2022, he hit the IL with a shoulder issue. Okay, so it was uh, a shoulder issue. That was yeah. That were that was 2023. Sorry. Um, yeah. I don't see anything prior to that. Oh, he did have a, a left hip contusion. There it is. That's okay. it. Oh no, never mind. Never mind. That's that's just an injury report that uh, Google has thrown Brandon Miller's left hip contusion on. No, 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 no. He, if you look at his stats, I think he only pitched. I think he only pitched twenty-seven in innings. He yeah. had a forearm strain in April and a shoulder issue in August. Right. So, so that's, that's train, concerning to me. That's like a huge red flag. Right. But but if you if you if you look at the games he pitched, they what happened was he's he's raw. Like the kid's what 19 years old, going into 20 years I think old. He's, I think he's 20, I think he's 20 right. now at this point. So yeah. so but but he's a lefty, right? And he yep. changed his arm slot. You know, more Randy Johnson arm slot than what he was in college. I mean, as we're in high I school. I found the I found the injury you guys were looking for in 2022. The no bleak? No, it was mononucleosis. Yeah, mono. You know what? Fucking nasty women with dirty mouths, man. It's what happens. That's why you gotta stay away from those women in Oswego. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 you know, not that I would know. As a as a lefty, he was coming from here, and and that's kind of like in high school he was coming from here with a release. You know what I'm saying? Doing what he was doing, and now they got him over here. You know, as a as a release point. So. I, I I don't know, Steve. I think maybe I think I I, I get it. Like your uh, your your concerns because we do have a history of fucking bullshit with prospects. But Noah Schultz, he's nasty. He's nasty. Oh, the stuff the stuff he's is, got stuff. Yeah, plus, it's electric, man. Yeah, he's um, got stuff, and I and I really look I really look forward to him. I I, I can't wait for spring training and the showcase. Uh, of of talent in the you know that they're going to put on in um in March, um, mm-hmm. yeah. The MLB is putting on in March. I can't wait because I know Noah's going to show his ass, yeah. and and I think that like for me for me Noah Schultz is like the most exciting of our prospects. Like Quero's going to be good. I know he's going to be good. Ramos he he may or may not pan out. Uh, I love Popeye, but Popeye well, just he's just it's my baby boy. Yeah, Popeye just, you know, talking to, to Daniel Victor, like, kind of put me on Popeye, but, like, Popeye is just, like, he just will not get a chance. I'm sorry. He just won't. He's just going to be stuck in AAA for some, you know. And then um, uh, uh, Costa Montgomery, people are talking about he's coming up with the with the squad this year. I don't see it. I don't see him breaking camp with the No, nah, I don't either. I don't see it. I'm sorry. It's just. But for you White Sox fans out there, like who think Costa Montgomery is going to break camp, he's just not. Like it, they're not going to start this year, you know, with him on the bench because they have. Do you what? see anybody breaking camp, Ray? You asked us that question. You got one that you think I, is going to break camp? No, no, and, and 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 only because, you know, we don't have room. We don't have room. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I do have one. I'm sorry. You ready? You ready for this guy? Let's hear it. 
Oscar Colas. Do you still consider him a prospect? I mean, he's ducking out. No, right no, now. I'm just fucking around. around. That's, cu- that's cold. I could help it. Do, do you guys cool. actually think that there's a chance that he does not break camp? Yes. With this yeah, he doesn't. I think, yeah. At least I'm not far off base there. Yeah. The, no. With because the addition of Fletcher, I, I think. Well, Fletcher, and then, and then you add. It's going to be a position battle between Gavin Sheets and Oscar Colas to make this roster. And then you have Kevin Pillar actually Pilar. hitting on the right side, you know, mm-hmm. as as a reserve outfielder. There, I think it's probably almost fait accompli at this point that Oscar Colas starts the year in Charlotte. Yes. Rafael hates him too. That's like, for right. some odd right. reason. Right. We were well, talking about this the other day. He was the it, only player that he ever yeah. took to task last year. Yeah, like he does not like Colas, and only yeah. because I mean, Colas didn't give him effort. Yeah, he didn't give him effort. Like if you watch, if you watch this kid play the outfield, it was just like lackluster. It was like I'm gonna get there when I get there. I'm gonna throw to the cutoff with you know whatever I got you know from here to there whatever. It was just it wasn't like I made it to the show and I want to show everybody what I can do. It was like I made it to the show and go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like it was that's how I felt. You know, and the results weren't there. No, I mean, what, he he didn't even hit fucking two hundred last year. Like, I know people hate batting average, but this motherfucker didn't even hit two hundred. Like, it was terrible. It was problem. not good. It was no, a terrible fucking year. <laughs> like, I think he had. Like, it was it was bad. But but I mean, you got Fletcher, Pilar, um, uh, Deloach is still in the yep. mix, right? Yep. Deloach yep. is there. And you got fucking um, who am I thinking about? It's one more, right? It's, it should be four. Oh, uh, the the big bastard, the uh, the big fucking lefty, Gavin, Gavin Sheets. Sheets, my yeah. son, Gavin Sheets. You know who? I don't know what he is. He's like, a first baseman <laughs> in right field. Could you imagine Gavin Sheets fucking like if they if they figured out what's my man in Baltimore who who went crazy at the end of the year last year in Baltimore Mount Castle. No, 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 no. No, he's he's the star. Oh, uh, the other fucking big bastard. Santander. No, 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 no. They got a they had another kid. I'm sorry. Let me let me think. Hold on. Gunnar Henderson. No, no, no. He was he was a, a, a veteran like like Gavin Sheets who started hitting bombs for them. I thought it was Ryan Mountcastle. No, Mountcastle was a young guy. Hold on. I mean, I, I'm yeah, sorry. I gotta look up the uh, yeah, I have to here. I have to because it was it was a, another guy. Um that 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 produced for the Orioles last year. Not and Cedric. Was, not, not Cedric Mullins. Mm-mm, no. You're talking about a lefty. He was a lefty. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Drawing a blank. Yeah. He was fucking. He was fucking disgusting. Um. What was his fucking name? We're, we're going on the uh, the baseball reference pages. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. His name was uh. What was his fucking name? He played first base. He played. He played first base and he played outfield. Um. Yeah, I got nothing on this one. Uh, oh, Ryan O'Hearn. Oh, Ryan former Kansas O'Hearn. City Royal. Yeah, hey. Ryan O'Hearn. Remember how Ryan O'Hearn just, you know, nobody knew what the fuck he was. And then last year with the Orioles, he just started fucking hitting fucking bombs all over. Two eighty nine, three twenty two, four eighty with. Uh, 14 homers in only 368 play appearances. There you go. 
Yeah, that was Ryan O'Hearn last year. And I think he's what 28 years old. He is 30. He's 30. God damn, he's 30. He's yeah. 30. But he's a career, he's a career minus 1.5 B war, and he put up 1.2 in 2023. That's Gavin Sheets. That's fucking sort of phenomenal there. if you think about it. That's Gavin Sheets. That's Gavin Sheets' career right there. He's fucking Ryan O'Hearn. Like for real. Like yeah, career high and career high in home runs. Yeah, last wow. season with fourteen, and, and it was only because he Ryan never Mountcastle, hit over. He never hit over two sixty in his career, and that's only because Ryan Mountcastle got hurt last year. He had vertigo for like yeah. fucking yeah. thirty five or forty games. Yeah, yeah. Like I had 30. I had Mountcastle on my fantasy team, and that went down yeah. really quick. Yeah, could you imagine being a fucking hitter in baseball with vertigo? Holy shit! That motherfucking ball is just doing this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, people are like he's a fucking pussy. He's got fucking vertigo. Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. like, like. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle is a fucking phenomenal. And then when once once you had him on your team last year, did, did you did you drop him, Tony? No, I I sort of just kept him through the end. Okay, of the year. So I was not a contention. Him, but, but toward the end of the year, he yeah. finally figured it back the fuck out yeah. and went crazy. Like toward the end of the year, like he went crazy. So like, I, I love. Last year was my first year playing Dynasty. Um. We got our scumbags baseball classic going on. Um, this is a dynasty. Dynasty fantasy baseball is the only way to go. That's just this my not, personal this opinion. Is, Steve's this, not a fantasy baseball guy, but I know you guys are going to talk a little bit about uh, some WWE stuff before we get out of here. Yeah, we are. I'll take this, this opportunity to talk about fantasy baseball. We will. I'm, me, and Steve, me and Steve will talk about WWE before I go. <laughs> before we go, I'm sorry. Um, but 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 Tony, me and you are are, are fantasy baseball guys. This is my first year playing uh, fantasy baseball in a dynasty league. I played fantasy baseball for the first time in 12 years last year. So I really didn't remember how to play it and how to be good at it, so on and so forth. And I had a week last year where I didn't meet the fucking minimum innings with my pitching. Yeah, you mean the, the best way to play fantasy baseball is wake up every day, and that's like the first thing you're supposed to fucking I, do. I, I'm up at 3 in the morning. Yeah. I'm up at 3 in the morning setting my lineup, like for real. Like I'm legit up worrying about what the fuck I'm going to do against whatever opponent I have that day. And I'm legit looking at my roster every fucking day. And Steve, you can't imagine the amount of stress it takes to manage a baseball team in fantasy baseball. So how many keepers do you guys run in that league, right? Huh? How many keepers? Okay. So this is our first, this is our first year in the dynasty. So we have 26, we had 26 rounds in our draft, right? And now we're finna do our we're doing our minor league fantasy draft on Friday. There Meaning you go. We have twelve rounds of of you know minor leagues. Anybody that hasn't started their service time clock can get drafted, and yep. international players. So that means Yamamoto. That means uh, um, my man in San Francisco. I forget his name. Um, you know, from Japan. All these guys are available on Friday, so I'm looking forward to that. But but Tony, check this out. So I um I, I put out a couple episodes on um on the Juke Joint page uh, on the YouTube with Juke Joint, and um we we we've been doing a recap of our fantasy league. But guess where I got George Kirby? Where at? Fourth round. Wow. Number one. Little Number million. one in the fourth round. Yeah. I got Christian Encarnacion in the seventh round, twelfth pick. Christian Encarnacion Strand, yeah. I got 
This this is my favorite pick of the whole thing. I got Jake Berger, 13-12. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got and and, and I, got, I got I made the mistake, Ray. I'm just I'm sorry to cut you off. I made no, no, the mistake in my dynasty league of stacking the Chicago White Sox. And this has thrown me off for about a five year period because when did you start your dynasty league? Uh, I've been in it since 2012, 2013. Oh no, Tony! And I stacked the white. I stacked the White Sox during Rebuild 2.0. It was the worst thing that you ever could have done. So we get to keep eight players. At one point, my keepers were Yohan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, no Luis Robert. Oh my God, Michael Kopech, Jose Abreu. Okay. um, Trying to think who else. I've the only one that's left on my roster is Luis Robert, but like I had the entire, almost the entire fucking team because I, I bought in that hard. Like that's oh my god, that's that's it was terrible. And then they all had like no value, so nobody wanted to trade any of these. I traded Corey Seager for Yohan Moncada. Oh my! It was bad. Anthony, that's, Tony, that's something you should Tony, tell people. That hurts it me. was bad. Tony, that hurts me. Tell that hurts was before me. he came up. I traded for him as a prospect. There yeah, was other parts of that deal. It wasn't straight, but that was, oh, that it was bad. Me. Eloy Jimenez was on the roster. He actually mm. just got cut this year. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fucking brutal. It's not great. Yeah, it's five years of futility for the Hoombas. The Hoombas are my team. Yeah, well, my my team is called the Matrix Survivors. Um, don't pick White Sox players. That's what I, I've learned I, about I, fantasy. I don't think I have players. any White Sox players on my team. I don't. Matter of fact, I know I don't have any White Sox players. I don't. But I I do have. I got uh, uh Matt McClain, Jake Berger, Royce Lewis, Kerry Carpenter. Detroit is going to be a fucking. You know what? Let me just say this now before we get out of here and before we start talking to WWE, Steve. The AL Central is a fucking... The next few years is going to be a fucking bloodbath. It is. Like, the Twins are going to be good. The Guardians are going to be good. The fucking uh, Royals are going to be good. Are we going to be good? No. Exactly. Like, Like, those three teams are better than us right now. The Guardians... The twins and the Royals are better than us right now. They are, and and we just have to deal with it. Like Scooball, Mize, fucking. If they bring up that big fucking bastard they got in Detroit, I forget his name. He's Jackson Job. Oh, Joe. Well, well, Joe. But I'm thinking about uh, Garver Smith or whatever his name. He's got two names: Sawyer, Sawyer something. He's he's a big bitch and he's he throws fucking he 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 fucking blanked us in seven innings. Uh, uh Sawyer something, Sawyer Gibson something. Oh god, yeah. I yeah, yeah he, yeah. he came to the cell and fucking yeah, like blanked us. Hey, in like this, seven this, coming into the cell and facing the White Sox is like a major league pitcher yeah, debut and he, dream. And he came in and did that shit. Like he went six yeah. and a third or something and went stupid and had like nine strikeouts. Anyway, um, but yeah, like I mean, the, the twins are like, like who wins the central next year? I still think it's the twins. It's the twins. twins. It's the yeah. twins. I mean, they're they're stacked. 
I mean, I, I they. Lost I see. Their- I see. I don't think they're stacked. Like they, they've ta- they haven't really done anything to improve their team over what. They- like they're basically taking the division for granted. Honestly. Oh, so, so you saying by default they just going to win? Yeah. Yeah. So, so here, here, we're thankful that we play in this division now. Here, here, here's my here's my here's my problem with your assessment. Brian Buxton didn't play hardly. You know. In other news, water is wet. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Carlos Correa had a down year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Julian is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. Royce Lewis is fucking good. Yeah. Fucking uh, Kirilov had a fucking, you know, toxic turvy sophomore year, or whatever. But I think he's a stud. Um, and, and and they have just like, you know, I, I hate Mad Max. He's a motherfucker. I, I've hated him for years, but I love him because he's just that good. You know, Mad Max out there. Um, he said Buxton would be on ICU by March. That's crazy. My March is insane. Like, that's like, that's he can't even get out of spring training. Um, um, but I, that's the thing about the twins. I really like, and, and, and then, you know, their pitching staff is just, you know, it, it, it just depends on how their pitching staff yeah. like, performs. But I mean, they still have Lopez. They have, uh, um, uh, man, I, it's hard to think about it because I'm thinking about the Guardians right now because that's the team I'm really thinking about. Like, see, the, the, the Guardians are fucking. I, I see they just don't hit. That's the problem. Who? Cleveland. Okay, so Naylor doesn't hit. Ramirez doesn't hit. Ramirez Ramirez hits. Okay, so Naylor doesn't hit. Naylor doesn't hit enough for me. Okay. Um, he only hits. Here's the problem. He only hits against you, the Sox. He only hits against the Sox. So you see him play against the White Sox, and you think that's a fucking stud. And then he goes out and he plays average baseball against every other team. He just fucking hates us and is cold blooded against the Chicago White Sox. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. So so I'm, I'm I, I I I do I agree with that because he does fucking kill us. But I mean, you know, uh, the other Naylor brother is going to take off. Oh. Mm-hmm. Bo takes off, in my opinion. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Brennan. He's untapped. Uh, you know, on on. I, I mean, they've got they've got guys. You know, from a prospect standpoint, yeah. that and then they're could... gonna bring they're gonna bring up what's his name this year. They they have to. Uh, not Cole Keith. That's uh that's Detroit. Um, God damn, what's his name? I can't even think of his name. They have a they have a really good prospect that's coming up this year. Yeah, I mean, they, like I said, they've got prospect guys, but like, just if you just look at this team over the course of the last few years, like they just don't hit for enough power. Um, like, I just because I'm looking at the at the roster like right now. I mean, like, okay, Andres Jimenez had had you know a nice year, but like he he doesn't he's not consistent oh. enough. Like, you know. I mean, you're trying Gabriel Arias out there, Esteban Florial from the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, like Ramon yeah. Laureano. I mean, like, there's just a lot of of guys there that aren't. They're not power hitters, and like, it's such a contrast because you think back to 30 years ago when I was growing up, when that team was just stacked with mashers, and it's just not the same at this point from from my perspective here i mean like i i just i don't see them really being 
a threat, honestly. Yeah, Chase DeLauder is is coming up with them. Okay. He's breaking camp with them for sure. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. he's a fucking dog. He's a dog. Like yeah. that young kid is amazing. Yeah. But 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 so the twins coming in first. The the Royals are gonna be way better than what they were. Bobby Witt getting fucking eleven four is it eleven years, two seventy seven? Or is it two it's like two it was like two eighty one, I think. Okay, so is it eleven twenty? It's eleven twenty one, but I saw something about fourteen yeah. years with 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 club options or whatever. I mean it might be, but I think it's yeah, yeah it's a lot eleven. That's a lot. And then yep. you got you know, you got Vinny P down there, you got fucking Mikhail Garcia is a fucking that kid is special. I, and and I may be a little bit biased because I really like him and I watched him play a couple. He hits the ball fucking hard. He just doesn't have the fucking launch. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, but but he hits the ball fucking hard as yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, they have a good team. And and then Cole Reagans is one of my favorite pitchers yeah. in all of baseball. Like that motherfucker is fucking nasty. Yeah. Got you know him for Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so I mean the 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 AL Central is just like like when are we when are we gonna have a chance as the White Sox? When are we gonna have a chance? Twenty twenty six at the earliest. If, if a lot of things break right, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you who's breaking right right now. Yeah, my guy. Yeah, huh? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Anthony Anthony knows all about Mr. La Knight. Yeah. That guy, yeah, that's that's, that's my guy. That's, that's the guy, guy right there. You yeah, know? I mean, me and you, me and you, we, we don't talk that much, but when we talk, it's all about L A Knight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that guy. But I think that uh, I think they need to put him a, a they need to put a belt on him. I'm excited about where we're going in Mania season, and I'm yeah. sorry, Tony, we got to do this to you. But me and Steve are fucking wrestling fans. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry. Go don't for apologize it. to him. Yeah. So, so Steve, uh, mania season is upon us. Um, Cody, hey, look here. Um, you're done. I'm coming <laughs> in and I'm taking your place. And you can go ahead and walk to the back. Is what happened last fucking Friday, bro? Like for real? Like <laughs> I, you know, there's a lot of things kind of going around on the internet that maybe this is just all all a big swerve. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, honestly, because like when that, you know, I was actually out like on, on Friday. So like, I didn't even see it. Didn't I, see like, it. I, so I watched the replay, you know, Saturday morning and everything. And um, it was very unexpected, honestly. Um, so as far as like what direction they kind of take this thing, I mean, like, I don't think it makes sense to do rock versus Roman Reigns for the title. Now, granted, I mean, this is no. going to be WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40, the biggest one there. I'm going to be at night two in Philly for it. So if, I get to, so if I get to see the match, I mean, that, that'll be cool. But I think having it for the title, like, you know, the rock, I mean, he hasn't wrestled full time in 20 years or, you know, in close to 20 years at this point. I mean, yeah, he had that, you know, stint, um, you know, 2013, 2014 and everything, but like that still wasn't really a full time stint he's not going to come in and end the longest reigning champion streak in 40 years since Hulk Hogan. It doesn't, it doesn't it work. No so, you know, that's where like, they're going to drop the, so here's what I think is going to happen. And just hear me out, Steve. And just, if I'm wrong, or if you feel like I'm kind of like, whatever, just let me know. Here's what I think. Elimination chamber is going to be rock versus fucking Roman. 
right? And Roman's going to drop the belt. Next night on Raw, next night on Raw, Rock is going to drop the belt to uh, Cody, right? And then it's going to be Cody versus whoever the fuck, right, at WrestleMania. But it's going to be Rock versus um, uh, Roman, Roman at WrestleMania 2 as head of the table. See, like, I, I just – I don't necessarily foresee that happening just because, I mean, with Cody winning the Rumble – you know, then you've well, got to. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. He has to face Seth, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's not that he would necessarily have to face Seth, but like, I don't think that they would have him win the title before Mania. Like, to to me, that just kind of isn't that that dilutes the story. I think in a, in so a lot of ways. Who can they put the belt on? They have to put. They have to take the belt off of Roman. I it, it, basically. Here's basically how how I see, like I think there's two options either you know this whole thing is a giant swerve and Cody gets the shot at at WrestleMania and and beats him otherwise Roman is taking this thing at least till Survivor Series at that point he's gonna pass Hogan's streak they wouldn't do it at Survivor Series it's definitely going to SummerSlam well I see going. see if he gets to Summer if it gets to SummerSlam though he still wouldn't have passed Hogan's title reign though. Oh, oh, okay, okay, right, right, right. So, like, it would be Survivor Series at the earliest. Like, you could almost then see another scenario where maybe it isn't even until WrestleMania 41 next year. That would be crazy. I mean, which, you know. But, I mean, so if, they, if they're not going to take the belt off of Roman, like, who can they put the belt on? Because Gunther, Gunther is, uh, well, they had it set up to where Gunther was going to get the the. The, the, the fake the, the, the fake belt off of Seth off of Seth, but now they have to move off that because it has to be it has to be Cody now. See, but see, saying. I don't th- I don't think that they would have Cody beat Seth. Like I, I think that mm-hmm. that in a lot of ways almost kind of dilutes the whole thing that they tried to build Cody up for. Like they they built him up to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns, you know, mm-hmm. because they talk about tying in his dad, Dusty, and, and him yeah, never yeah. getting the, the WWF championship dur- during his time there and everything. It's like, it just, it becomes more impactful if he beats Roman. If he beats Seth to win the secondary title, I just don't think it means as much then. It don't, because he, because his fucking promo was like, I want that belt. Yeah. That's the belt I want. Yeah. That's the belt I deserve. That's the belt, whatever, whatever. And now all of a sudden, like I don't know how they're gonna go, but right now Triple A is getting his fucking ass whipped on social media. Um, people are hating on him. Uh, I'm really the person I really hate the most right now is Carmelo Hayes. Like I want to kick him in his. <laughs> I hate Carmelo Hayes right now, motherfucker. See, I, I'm just ha- I'm just happy that Pepsi Phil didn't get what he wanted at WrestleMania. Well, it just you know he's happy. got this. He's got you know he's got a fucking bum. He's got a bum wing. <laughs> Hey, Pepsi Phil, you got a bum wing, huh? Hey, you know what? CM Punk, like, he is a fucking master on the microphone. He can fucking talk with his microphone in his hand. And he does some great shit in in the fucking, um, in in, in the ring. But I I think that, like, like, he, he's lost a little mojo when he left. For that little bit of time. Well, I mean, the whole now he's bitching and moaning, and coming back. So, well, that's all. That's all he's been doing for ten years is is whining and complaining. I mean, that's all all he does. You know, like how many Coca Banner fucking podcasts was he on? 
Right. <laughs> I mean, and, like everything is always everyone else's fault. Pepsi Phil is never to blame for any of it. Never. It's always everybody else. What's the one common denominator in all of these problems? Hmm. Yeah. I, I can't quite figure it out. Yeah. You know, I just, I thought it was hilarious last Monday when he was doing his whole sad routine. And then he talks about, oh, you know, the Chicago Cubs have a saying, wait till next year. Yeah. You know, he always has to talk about the Hawks or the Cubs and everything, that loser. And then as soon as he brought up, brought up the cubes, then Drew comes out and just buries him. And I, I just, I've absolutely loved what right Drew now. has been doing to him this week. Drew has been, been a great. menace. It's been great. Drew has been a fucking menace. And, I, and I'm, I'm here for it. Like, yeah, they need I, it. They needed Drew to turn heel. Yeah, like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Drew guy now just because he's he's burying. Like, he is all over social media just oh, going yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. Like, no, I, I love that guy. I'm here for like, it. Um, so, so what do we do with Jay Cargill, in your opinion? I mean, I think they're going to probably set her up to fight Bianca, would be my guess, at, at Mania. WrestleMania? At Mania? Yeah. yeah. I said the same thing. I just don't know how they're going to build this, the story, but. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, they kind of they kind of started a little bit at Rumble yeah. when they had the face off and, and everything. Yeah. So I think that's going to kind of be where that whole thing starts. Um, all I know is this: um, Mommy better not lose the title at me. She, she cannot. She cannot lose the title. I'm sorry. If they if they take the belt off of Rhea and Rhea, put it on Becky Lynch, that oh, I would lose my. I, I keep having a Asinine is another scumbag, and I keep having this conversation with him, and like. Asinine is, is adamant that they're going to put the belt on Becky Lynch one more time, and I will terrible. lose my fucking it be mind. Absolutely terrible. Like I don't, it, I I don't want Becky to win another a fucking like she doesn't deserve it no. in my opinion. No. Um, They're doing all these long title runs again now for the first time in a couple of decades here. Like Rhea is is the one woman that you watch on this thing that looks believable. Yes, like, like she is. She is a fucking. She's a goon. Yeah. And I love goons. Like yeah. she's the first female goon since China. Like she's a genuine ass kicker. Yeah. Like she's the first one since China. Yeah. You yeah. know, like Sasha Bank was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Charlotte was fairly believable, but but she's a know. flare, so fuck her. <laughs> but I mean, I I just I, I can't wait for Mania. I'm I'm happy to know that you're going. Make sure you send me some pictures from there. That's, right. that's pretty fucking dope. I will. It's it's um, gonna be cool. You know, I I yeah. just I, lo- I lucked out in the sense that I've got coworkers that um you know our com- my company I work for is based out in Philly, so I've got coworkers. I got a free place to stay. I've got all my airline points. So literally, all I had to pay for was the ticket to the event itself. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. That's 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 one thing that my kids like. So when I was a uh, hey Tony, check this out. So so she's a man. That's crazy. Um, well, don't listen to Voodoo. He's just—he's a weirdo. Yeah. So, 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 Tony, check this out. When my daughter was my oldest child, she's twenty-six now. Um, when she was a kid, you know what? I she would be crying. She would literally be crying, like balls to the walls, tears everywhere, crying. All I had to do was pop in a tape of Monday Night Raw, and she would stop crying. <laughs> literally. There you go. Like she would literally, she heard fucking the wrestling music come on, or she'll hear fucking, and she would just stop, right? Or she was, if you smell, like she would lose her mind as a baby. To this day, she's 26 years old. She loves wrestling. So that's why I can never give up on wrestling. Well, that's how Anthony's, uh, Anthony's son is. 
Yeah. Yeah. But he hip this man. Like that's like you know. He he watched some of the whatever event was on the other the other week, but he yeah. didn't even know it was like on. You know, like he's not tracking it. Yeah, well, that, that he, was just, he just figured out that it was on, and and then he rooted against all of. He he'd come upstairs. He's watching down here in the basement. He'd come upstairs. He'd ask me. He said, "Who's Steve rooting for? <laughs> I want that guy to lose because I want Steve to have a miserable night." How how uh how old is your son? He is eleven. Oh yeah, that's coming because yeah. after a while, it's just gonna become who he wants, and it's gonna be somebody like Ric Flair that's gonna that's gonna fucking. It's gonna like Ric Flair took my fucking fandom to a whole nother level as a kid. Like watching Ric Flair that no good talk, scoundrel talk his shit against Sting and the rest of these motherfuckers, like he would be talking shit. Like, could you imagine having somebody just talk shit to you every fucking week? That was Ric Flair. Like he talked shit every week. And that's what I I grew up watching. I was like, holy shit, I want to be Ric Flair. I want to be Limousine riding, jet flying. You know what I mean? I wanted to do all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my guy. You know, so I love wrestling uh, only because like I know it's fake, but it's the stories. It's the the fact that these guys are actors and athletes at the same time. Like mm-hmm. this is fucking good. So anyway, uh, Tony, thank you. I'm sorry. I, I, I we've been on here for two hours. Uh, Steve, thank you. Um, I could talk so- I could talk socks and sports and shit all fucking day, but I know this is you guys' show, and I appreciate y'all having me on. Um, so you know, Ray, we're uh, happy to have you, man. It's, this it's has been, been fun. It's been a blast. It's been a blast. Just make sure that um, you tell Justin to shut the fuck up for me. I will. I will. I will tell. I, I will tell Justin to shut the fuck up because I tell him to shut the fuck up for myself. So I will say, hey, for me and Steve. Shut the fuck up. I greatly appreciate um, that. But but here's here's what I will say. You know, you socks on tap guys. Um, shout out to Buzz, Tony, Steve. Thank you. Um, this was this was an this was a an honor and it was special and I enjoyed my time talking to you guys. I was able to get a little bit of this venom that I have for the White Sox. The pent up aggression. Yeah, I was able to get that out. Um, and and if you ever do like, just you know. I, I would say have Justin on, have Asinine on, have uh, Ian on. These guys are fucking baseball guys. You know what I'm saying? Mac is a fucking baseball guy. Like these guys, Eric is a baseball guy. Sox Nick is a baseball guy. Um, uh, 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 just, just Caleb. Caleb is a fucking Twins fan, but he's a baseball guy. Um, I just have so many friends that I that I met through the spaces yeah. that are my boys, and they're just they're they're my scumbags, they're my friends, they're my crew, and they're just fucking baseball. Like the amount of shit that I know, I can't touch Asinine, I can't touch fucking Justin, I can't touch Mac, I can't touch Eric. These guys are fucking amazing guys. I just have to. I just I'm grateful to have the opportunity to have met them. And to be able to talk to them every fucking day because we came together through the spaces. Yeah. And, I, and I want you guys to come in more often during the spaces um, uh, this year because I'm going to start bring, I'm gonna start running them more often this year. Um, we'll be in there. We'll yeah. Be in there. And it's it's more like during during certain socks, 
during certain Sox games, I'll run them. But majority of the time, it'll be fantasy. So if Tony come in, and I don't know who you have on your team, um, but uh, we we love fantasy, man. Like fantasy runs my life. I watched like a eight hundred fucking games last year. My wife hates it, like because I'm watching all my guys like play play fucking. Like I'm excited about Royce Lewis, and I hate the fucking Twins, but he's on my team, so I want him to fucking be great. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you guys, man. And um, you know, this was this was fun. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely, Ray. Thank you for for joining us. Why don't you let everybody know one last time uh, where they can find you at on all your uh, social media handles? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, SK Powell S underscore K underscore Powell at um, uh, that's the ad on Twitter on the X <laughs> on the X. Yeah, I, I was trying to say. Whatever the fuck it is now, like e, I, on Elon's fucking app, yeah. that's where I'm at on there. So S underscore K underscore Pow. Um, SK is Sir Knight. I was a Mason. I am a Mason, but I don't. I'm not all square. So that's what that's for. Um, and then on on Instagram, if you want to see my barber work, you know you can go on Instagram Ray Junior underscore the barber. That's on Instagram. Uh, and then you know Ray's Jew Joint at Ray's Jew Joint R A E. Do join on Twitter on on on, on X. Uh, that's where the podcast is, and you can see us on on YouTube underneath the same name and all that kind of stuff. So um, we're trying to do big things over there, and I'm trying to change it up and be more vocal and into the into the social media thing. It's just hard because like um, life gets in the way sometimes, and you know everybody is an adult and we have lives, and you know. Stuff happens. So I'm glad I had time today to come on Socks on Tap with Tony, with uh with Northwest Indiana Steve. Um, I don't know where you are, but Steve, I'm gonna hit you on your DMs because like I'm in Northwest Indiana, so it's we'll no talk. reason why we can't have fucking beers. We'll talk. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. He's not he's not drinking right now, Ray, but uh I, I will there. be drinking I, again by the time the season rolls around, Anthony. All right. Yeah, well, I'll, 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 I'll buy you a fucking yeah. I'll buy you a fucking Perrier water. Do we still make Perrier water? <laughs> Whatever, man. Listen, listen by, by the time the season rolls around, we'll drink some old fashions. All right. There you go. That, outstanding. I'm um, an old fashioned guy. It's and, well and, documented. And 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 just uh Buzz, I'm glad I know you're not here, but I know you're gonna see this and you know you're my guy. And I wish you were here, but uh shout out to Buzz. Buzz on Buzz on tap or Bradley, as you guys have told Bradley, me. Bradley, yes. Brad. I know it's Brad, but I know it's Bradley. Yeah. Um, stop calling him Buzz. We're big, we're, big on, we're, we're, big on formal na- we're big on formal names. Okay. Uh, here, here at Sox on Tap, that's that's kind of how we Okay, roll. so so Bradley, um, just just so you know, Ray, you are my boy. Just just so you know that. And and you and your beautiful children and your wife, just know that you know it doesn't go, it goes a long way because it's been plus years with me and him. So you know, that's just just between me and him. So, shout out to start the buzz. So, I like it, love yeah. it. Ray, thanks again for coming on, man. This was awesome White Sox talk. We're gonna have to do this again, and I'm sure you'll find Stephen and I in the spaces at some point during this season. That's all we've got for today. Make sure you're following the show at Sox on Tap. If you follow the site at On Tap Sportsnet. Make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs, as our guy Bradley would say. <laughs> Steven, 
Let's get out of here. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. Oh, I didn't know you. Oh.